0: Chapter four, And I've been teaching on this parable of the sower sowing the seed. And the main point that I've been getting across is that the Word of God is the seed. And you aren't going to get any fruit in the kingdom of God without the seed of the Word of God. Simple, simple truth, but something that the vast majority of Christians do not understand. They just pray and they think because they're desperate, because they have a need or whatever, that God's going to move. God established laws. Tomatoes don't grow. I don't care how much you need them. You can beg. You can cry. You can plead. You can throw yourself on the altar. And you aren't going to get tomatoes unless you plant them. It's the same thing with the healing, with the victory, with joy, and with peace. You just have to plant the seed. And it is amazing how people do not put the emphasis on the Word of God. So that's what we've been talking about. We've covered the first two types of ground the kind that was so hard-hearted the word never penetrated it never got in their heart and satan just had total access to it the second type was a person who enjoyed the word was excited about it but they didn't want to take the time to get rooted in it they were ready to go out and change the world you know i was teaching on these very parables and we had a student who was really a great student i mean they were a great student they became a leader of the first year class And this guy was an evangelist. He got up and spoke for the uh, promotion breakfast of the first year class. And I mean, he was very, very good. I really liked this guy. And he had a vision to lead one million people to the Lord. He believed that that's what God called him to do and he was just on fire well he got through with the first year came into the second year and i was teaching on these exact verses that it takes time to be rooted and then the verse that uh, barry used this morning down there in verse 26 and 27 about first the blade then the ear and then the full corn and i was saying you don't go from having never led a person to the lord into leading a thousand people to the lord at one time there's steps and stages and you have to grow and he, he raised his hand in class and he says, that's not true. I am not going to wait any time. He says, there, the situation is so desperate. It needs to happen now and I don't believe that God is going to make me wait and I have to grow and mature. He says, I'm going to get this done within the next year. And I just told him, I said, you can say what you want to, but this is an unchangeable law of God that there is seed and time and harvest. And you never let anybody to the Lord. And I said, you're going to have to start leading people to the Lord one at a time, and maybe God will open up a door. And I believe that he can fulfill that vision, but it's going to come little by little. And the guy got so mad, he quit school over it. And uh, he left because he had to get them born again within that year. That has now been five, ten years ago, whatever, and you know what? As far as I know, he's not even in the ministry. And people get frustrated, and they just want to go and get it done right now. But there is a time. If you, if you plant a seed and then dig it up the next day to see what's happening to it, you'll kill it. You've got to give it time. You've got to believe in the process, and you've got to plant this seed. And so the second type of person is a person who is just too impatient. They didn't have time to wait on God. And you know, uh, preparation time is never wasted time. Man, that's a saying that you could take to the bank right there. And I know some of you have a great desire to go out and do something, but you know what? I can guarantee you, if you prepare yourself, get the right message, learn from from the victories and the failures of the instructors and other people who have done it, you will be more fruitful than you will if you go out and try and just do things on your own. You know, I heard Billy Graham one time say that if he knew that there was only three and a half years left until the return of Jesus, that he would spend three years shut up in seclusion and six months in ministry. And this has been 30 years ago I heard him say that. And when he said it, I was very offended. And I said, not me. Man, I'd be out beating the bushes. I'd be out ministering to them. Just think how many people had died. and You could have reached during those three years. But you know, now 30 years later, I understand exactly what he's saying. You would make a bigger impact to prepare yourself and be in the presence of God. To have the Word rooted on the inside of you. You're going to be much more fruitful with that approach than you would to just go out and try and get everything done on your own. One of the reasons we have so many problems in the body of Christ is because people were touched by God. They did discover their purpose. But then instead of waiting on God to open the doors, they kicked the doors down. They are doing it in their own strength and in their own power. And it's not being done by the presence and the power of God. And that doesn't work. It does not work. And these are some powerful truths that we're sharing. The third type of soil is in verse 18, Mark four eighteen, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word in the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And this is, I referred to this yesterday, but the devil will try and come against the word of God sometimes in just a frontal assault and tell you oh, don't believe this stuff. This isn't true. It's not right. That is not where the majority of the body of Christ is. The majority of the uh, body of Christ will say that they believe that the Bible is true. And so he hasn't just tried to get you to discount that there is a God and that the Word is true. But one of the most effective ploys of the devil is to get you so occupied with the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, that it chokes the Word. It goes back to like if you plant a seed... Ground only has so many nutrients in it. And if you allow weeds to grow up and other things, if you plant your seeds too close together, you can only get so much nutrient out of that piece of ground. And if you plant it too close together, you'll dwarf. You'll stunt the growth of that fruit. Or if you allow thorns and and weeds and other things, it's going to sap the nourishment, the moisture, and the uh, minerals that are in that soil and it'll either kill or it'll dwarf the fruit that you grow if you want the biggest the best fruit you gotta space the things apart because the ground can only provide so much nutrients you gotta weed it and get rid of the other things that would take all of that nourishment and moisture away from the seed that you want to grow and it's the same thing in the spiritual realm if you are gonna reach your hundredfold potential then you are going to have to get to where you separate yourself from these other things that choke the Word of God. Well, what Barry taught was just super powerful. I'd never seen it exactly the way he taught it, but that is exactly what this parable is talking about. You've got to be separate from other things. things the cares of this world will choke the Word of God. And it doesn't have to be x rated R-rated, Straight out ungodly sin. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, And let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It's not only sin that stops the things of God in your life, but you could be occupied with good things. You know, there's nothing wrong with sports. Paul used sports as an example. Sports aren't of the devil. But I can guarantee you, if you are a sports fanatic, if you know every stat of every person, if you can win all of the trivial pursuit and all of the things, if you are into fantasy football and you know everything about everything, you're the word's choked in your life. Amen. In its place, it's okay. But you know what? You can obsess on anything. It doesn't have to be sin. You just get obsessed to where you have to know everything. You know, when we play Trivial Pursuit, I haven't done that since my in-laws died. That was what they liked to do, is play Trivial Pursuit. And uh, we had Jamie's sister and brother-in-law there. And so there was three guys and three women, and we would play these games. And i just sit there. It's like I've missed out on 43 years' worth of American history and society i don't watch television i don't know who an actor is i don't know sports i don't know this i don't know and i just have to sit there it was it's embarrassing i just don't i don't if it's not in the bible i just don't know it i don't know very much and anyway i was sitting there and we played for two or three hours and i said father i want a word of wisdom i'm gonna i'm gonna get this next question." And I was over there praying and believing God to give me a word of wisdom, and so the question came up: What magazine debuted April the first, nineteen fifty-three? And everybody was stumped, and I had a word of wisdom. And it was Playboy. Is what? And so I told them, and they went with my answer, and we won. And the only answer I had in two hours was what month's Playboy debut. Boy, I got a lot of criticism over that. But it was really a word of knowledge is what it was. Amen. But you know, if you're going to win all of those trivial pursuits and if you know everything about everybody, it's going to choke the word of God in your life. I don't know much about a lot of stuff. And if you want somebody to play on your team for Trivial Pursuit, I am not the guy to ask. But you know what? I've seen a lot of good things happen that I'd rather be able to win at life than win at Trivial Pursuit. It just depends on what your your focus is, what's important to you. And I tell you, there's a lot of things that aren't sin, but there's a lot of things that will choke and dilute and hinder the Word of God in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, that's a powerful statement. I could stay on that a long time. But anyway, I've got a lot I want to say here. The cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. The terminology, it becomes unfruitful, means that there was fruit that was being produced. But before it was ripe, before you could really use it, before it was to its completion, it uh, died and withered. And there's a lot of people that begin to start bearing some fruits. You can begin to start seeing the power of the Word of God working in their life, but they just never see the fulfillment of it. They're frustrated. They have enough going on that you can tell they have some relationship with the Lord, but they don't ever see it come to its fulfillment. And that's because uh, they get caught with other things. Let me just say also, and this is just an opinion on my part, but I believe that this is a sequential type of thing. There... It's not only just listing four different things. I believe it's a sequence. The very first thing is that people don't even have a heart for the Word of God. They don't apply themselves to it. And boy, Satan just comes and steals a word from them. But then people enjoy it. They embrace it, but they don't take time to get rooted in it. And because of that, it doesn't have the depth. It doesn't have the... uh, ability to withstand a drought and all of the hard things that come against you but if you live through those two things then the next thing is the word of god begins to start working you can begin to see fruit growing but before it gets complete well then they get occupied with something else the cares of this life and all these things and it chokes the word of god and then the last type of ground in verse 20 it says these are they which are sown on good ground such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Here's a great truth that the Lord used in my life that really ministered to me, that the ground that produced the best was the ground that had the least. You know, sometimes you get to thinking that I just don't have enough. I don't have the charisma. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the personality. How could God ever use me? And we have all of these excuses that we use. But the ground that brought forth the best was the one that had the least. The least rocks. The least thorns. The least everything. And boy, the Lord, I remember when the Lord spoke this to me and He, he said... I I told the Lord, I said, well, man, if what makes you fruitful is being less, I can be less. I may not could be more, but I can be less. And this was such an encouragement to me that you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. You don't have to be the most brilliant person. It's just a matter of will you separate yourself? Will you take the word of God? Will you put it in your heart? Will you do the things necessary behind the scenes to let the word be rooted in your heart? And withstand all of these things. Man, that's really important. Another thing that I got out of this is that there were four different types of ground. And yet the Word had the exact same potential in every one of them. The Word wasn't the variable. The variable was people's hearts. And what they let into their heart. Boy, that's important. I have so many people come to me and say, Well, I tried the Word and the Word didn't work. What they're doing basically is saying, "Well, the word doesn't always work." No, the word always works. It says in first, uh, it's either first or second Peter one twenty three that you are born again of incorruptible seed by the word of God. The word of God is incorruptible. The word of God never fails. It is not the word that fails, and yet there were completely different results, not because of the word, but because of the soil that it was planted in. It's your heart. That determines how much fruit the Word produces in your life. The Word has the exact same potential in every person's life. There is no variable in the Word. It's only us. How much effort we put into it. How how we clear our heart of other things. Man, these are powerful truths powerful truths and this is exactly why so many people aren't seeing the benefit of the word of god is because they haven't let their heart be the right soil for it so uh, let's jump on down to verse 26 and i'm going to take these scriptures that barry's already ministered on this morning and let me go through some of this it says in verse 26 he just he gives 13 parables in one day Every one of them is talking about how the kingdom works and everyone revolves around the Word and how important the Word is. So here's another parable he gave teaching the same thing. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Again, going back to verse 14, this is talking about the Word being like a seed. And he cast the seed into the ground, that's putting it into, into his heart, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. Boy, this is another thing that encouraged me so much is because it says that he just sowed the seed and he didn't know how. It just works. Man, I love that. I love that. Sometimes people will think, well, I just don't understand everything and I can't figure all of this out and they, because of this, they just don't even try. You know what? You do not have to understand all of this. All you've got to do is just believe this one simple truth, that if you take the Word of God and meditate in it day and night, you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. And you don't have to understand it. Just do it. And it'll just work. It'll change you effortlessly. Man, I love that. The Lord spoke this to me. And you know, before I understood a lot of the scriptures and the things that I understand now, back, I mean, 40-something years ago, the Lord told me, He says, everything you need is in this Bible. If you will take these things and meditate in it day and night, this will change you. It will produce everything that you need to accomplish my will. And I mean, for the last 43 years, this has been my focus on just understanding the Word of God. You know, I was on vacation last week for actually 10 days. And I bet you I spent seven to eight hours a day just studying the Word, studying the Word, probably more than that. And here I am, 43 years later, still spending... I mean, that for me is a vacation. That's the greatest thing. I would rather sit and study the Word than do anything. I love it. It's changed my life. I've read these things hundreds and hundreds of times. I studied uh, Genesis 12... One for about two days the last week, and I got more out of it this morning when Barry's teaching on it you cannot You cannot plumb the depths of the word of god it's awesome. I still don't understand it, but I can tell you i've been doing this for forty three years. And my life is absolutely transformed because I have been taking these seeds, miracle seeds from God, putting them in my heart, meditating in it, and it has changed my life. It's changed the lives of other people. It's making an impact on so many people. And it's all because of this little simple principle. right here in the word you don't have to understand it you just sleep and rise night and day now this implies sleep and rise night and day this is expressing that there's time there's seed time and harvest and it's really more like seed and then time and then harvest amen there is a period of time that the word has to be in your life You know, we'll give testimonies about how God has blessed us and prospered us. And praise God, I don't owe any man anything. My house is paid for. My cars are paid for. And we give as much as 80% of our income away. And we give testimonies like this. And people that are just beginning hear this testimony and want to immediately jump to that place. And they don't realize that I've been doing this for 40-something years. It takes a period of time. And they don't understand this. We had one uh, Bible college student that heard us talking about prosperity and all of these things and believing God. This is when God was telling me I was thinking too small. So they went out and said they were going to believe big. And they went out and bought a house up in Monument that was like a 55 or 6,000 square feet home. And they rented it, and it was, I forgot what it was, but it was 2500 or $3,000 a month. The guy didn't have a job, but he was believing God. <laughs> and you know what? They wound up having to quit school, and they realized that that was wrong, and so they finally got rid of that house, came back to school. But they, it, it was a major mistake that they made, and one of the reasons is because they just didn't realize that there's seed, time, and harvest. You've got to start this process, and it takes a period of time. And this is what the next verse says. Uh, it says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. And of course, Barry's already talked about that this morning. But there is a process here. And instead of looking at that and saying, I don't like it, why doesn't it all come at one time? Once you get involved in this process, it's actually a wonderful thing. Because you go to sowing and seed, and you know what? It doesn't just come up overnight. But if you sow one kernel of corn, a typical kernel of corn will produce a stalk that has three ears of corn on it. And on each ear is over 600. It's around 700 uh, kernels of corn on each ear. So you get 2,100 kernels or thereabout off of each corn that you plant. And then you you harvest that, you eat some of them, but then you save a bunch of those and you go to planting them again. And did you know over a period of time, over years, this principle of sowing and reaping, even though it takes a period of time, you could have millions, billions of kernels of corn coming in and you just get this process going and you can't stop it. Right now, we're at a place where when we started in ministry, boy, we would sow financial seed and believe God for increase and we went through uh, terrible things had my board tell us that you're bankrupt they're going to shut us down and right before they just disbanded the ministry I said well let's pray and while we were praying I got a call and $60,000 came in that day (laughs) amen and we've been saved by the bell many 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 times and uh, it was just a struggle but you know what now here we are 43 years later and we, we have given away over t- uh, 10, maybe 12 million CDs, tapes, books, DVDs. We have done all of these things. And now we have money just pouring in. And God is blessing us hand over fist. Last year, over 60% of every person who contacted us didn't give a thing. Took our materials free of charge and yet we're averaging about $2 million a month income, giving 60% of all of our stuff away. And you know what? Now we're just in a place to where I've been sowing and sowing and sowing decade after decade, and now the blessings of God are coming on me and overtaking me. But I guarantee you, I've got so much seed I've put in the ground that it's, it's working for me now instead of against me. I don't know if I can convey that the way I should, but it's like you build up momentum or something. There was a time when I first started, I was only going two or three miles an hour. And if a pebble got in my way, it might have stopped, impeded my movement. It might have made me stop. Now it's like we're going a thousand miles an hour and you could put a brick wall in front of me and I'll go through it. I may not live through it, but I'll go through it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You can build up momentum to where you're like a bullet and it just after a period of time, it gets to working for you instead of against you. But it takes time. It's first the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. There is a process that you go through. And it actually becomes a a very beneficial thing after a period of time. You build up all this momentum and you just can't be stopped. We had one of our Bible college students, this guy had been in uh, mental institutions throughout most of his childhood, teenage years. He was probably 30 or 40 years old, and he had only recently been released out of a mental institution. And he uh, had a, some kind of government program that allowed him to come to a Bible college. And so anyway, he came into the Bible college, and I really liked this guy. He was a very nice guy. I would made him my personal charge. I was just going to help him get over stuff. But he had no people skills. He'd been locked in an institution. This is when we only had like 50 or 60 people in the Bible school. And he'd sit at the front of the class and turn around and face the rest of the class and pick his nose in front of everybody. <laughs> and it wasn't that he was mean. Well, he just had been in solitary confinement and stuff, and he didn't know. And anyway, I, I invited this guy in. I started teaching him the Word of God. We took the book of Proverbs, and it says, if you do these things, you will be a wise man. And I started just having personal Bible study with him and teaching him the Word of God so that this guy would prosper. And he was, he was sincere. He had a good heart. He just didn't have any people, people skills. He had no life experience. But uh, anyway, he was receiving. And within a short period of time, he got so fired up he started believing God and believing for big things. And there was a place over here in Manitou Springs, the Cliff House, and it had burnt. It was built in the 1870s or something like that, and it had 150 rooms in it, and it had burnt, and it had laid derelict for at least 10 years, and uh, it was just it was just a mess. It was stone on the outside, so the structure was still uh, sound, but all of the wood was gone. And anyway, this man. He got excited and started believing God and he came to me and he had an entire proposal that he had put together and he had found out how much it cost to buy the cliff house. It was like a 1.5 million dollars in a totally derelict state. And then he found out how much it would cost to fix it up and that was like 3 million dollars. He figured out what the payments would be on it. And if he rented out all of the rooms, what the income would be, subtracted from the expenses, and it could actually turn a profit. And so this guy was going to go out and do this, and this is what he was believing God for. And you know what? I complimented him, and I said, Jerry, this is awesome that you're believing big and thinking this way, but I can guarantee you this is not God. This is not God's will for you to do this. And he was really offended and hurt. And he looked at me and he says, why would you say that? You've been telling me I needed to believe God for all of these things. And I said, Jerry, you've never worked a job in your life. You've never made one dime in your entire life. And you're going to go out and get $5 million and you're going to do all of this. And I took him to these verses and I said, first the blade, then the ear then the full corn in the year. You go out and get a job and start paying your own way instead of living off of welfare. And then you go out and you buy you a car or go out and buy your own clothes or you start doing something and you show me the blade first and then you move to the next step and maybe five years down the road after you've been faithful, you come to me and I'll agree with you and pray. But I said, you do not jump from never having done anything into being something like a $5 million project and doing all of this. I said, it's not God. And you know what? He was offended, but it was not God. It didn't work, and he wound up having to go out and start working in a service station, and he's working a job, and he's beginning to make his way and do things. I had another man come to me the same week who had a vision for the youth in Colorado Springs, and he showed me all of the stats. He had gotten all of this stuff together, and there wasn't a place... For the youth in colorado springs to go there was no place that they could go and do things in a wholesome environment and so he found an ok mart building that was uh, shut down and it was for sale for two million dollars and he could rent a minute, renovate it for another two million dollars and turn it into a youth thing and he just showed me all of the benefit of this and so i asked him i said have you ever worked with the youth and he said no and i said have you ever taught a bible study with the youth and he said no i said haven't you ever been involved in a church and done anything and he says. No, he's never done any of this. He had never taught anybody. He had never worked with the youth. He had never done anything. But he was going to do this huge project having never done anything before. And I said, that's not God. Nothing starts that way. You don't jump to the top of a ladder. You take the bottom rung and you take it step by step by step by step by step. This is so simple. You've got to have somebody to help you to misunderstand this. And yet we've had a lot of help misunderstanding this. And Christians especially just think, well, God's in it, and everything's going to work all at once. That's never the way that it works. I've had people come to me, and they see, like this building. I could spend a lot of time on this, but we bought this building for two, three uh, $3.2 million, and then there was $3.2 million worth of renovation that needed to be done. And you know what? We got in here, and... Praise God, everything's paid for and it's a blessing what God did. It was an absolute miracle. And you know, people see that and think, well man, look what God did in just a year's time and brought all this money in. And I said, a year's time? It was 40 years time. What I'd been experiencing four decades ago, believing God for our rent and then believing God for a little church payment and all of the steps in between is a part of what God did right here. And now this is a part of of the next step that we've got where we're going to have to spend 30 million dollars to be able to do that i had somebody come to me one time after i ministered and they said man that was awesome how much time did you spend preparing that message and i said 40 years (laughs) they said no no how much and i said 40 years you don't understand that what barry's sharing and, and daniel and Every person, it's an entire lifetime of relating to the Lord and having God move in your life. And then you see something happen, and you think, well, that was easy. You don't know what went into it. Brothers and sisters, there is a process. And your impatience is one of the biggest impediments against God moving in your life. If you could get hold of this truth that you sow a seed, and you just sleep and rise night and day, and you just keep, meditating on the words, you take the truths that God has spoken to you and you keep working in them and you do it over a period of time, time actually gets to working for you. You know, it's like an oak or something. The roots are so deep that now all of that effort that was below the ground where nobody saw it now is what enables that big old tree to last through a drought while a smaller tree uh, dries up and dies because it doesn't have the root system to be able to sustain it. And you get to where time is actually your friend instead of a, an a enemy against you. It's working for you instead of against you. You know, I was told about a little bamboo uh, plant, and I, it's a certain kind of bamboo, but they say that you plant it, and in the first four years, all you get is a leaf about like that above the ground. For four years, all you get is a leaf. And then in the fourth year, that thing grows something like 18 to 20 feet in one growing season. Just boom! And people think, well man, that was quick. No, it took nearly five years. I actually sat down and figured out that, you know, only taking a portion of the year, I actually divided the number of hours in that six month period of time. And that plant to grow this distance would have had to grow something like a quarter of an inch every uh, day. You could nearly see the thing grow. That's how quickly it grew. But it was because it had a root system. that was already established for four years. Most people are wanting to get into the growth right now. I can't wait. It's got to happen right now. But you need to put those roots down. And you just need to sleep and rise night and day and believe. If you would believe the things that I've been sharing about how that the Word of God is like a seed. And it's what makes everything work. And if you believe that, then you take the Word of God, you put it in your life, you meditate, you get rid of everything else that's going to choke it. You stand against persecution. You do whatever it takes to protect this seed. And if you do that... I can't tell you in your life exactly how long that will be, but I can guarantee you there will come a day that you will see the fruit and it will be established and you'll be able to last through whatever comes against you and, and things will just look like they're working effortlessly. You know, right now, we're just in a period where it's just my time. I had my board when we had a board meeting, they stopped in the middle of the board meeting and they said, we just got to stop and praise God. And they started praising God. We had a prayer meeting right in the middle of the board meeting. They were just so overwhelmed. They said, this is contrary to everybody else's ministry. Everybody else's ministry is cutting back and holding up because of the recession and stuff. And we're just prospered hand over fist. We're growing and." And they were just praising God and thanking God for it. you know. And they looked at me and I said, it's just my time. What can I say? Man, I've been at this for nearly five decades and I'm finally entering in to where it's working. And we're just seeing things work. But it is a process of planting the seed. There's a lot of people that would like to have the fruit, but they don't want the root. They don't want the process. They don't want to go through all of this. And I can guarantee you, anything you get quickly can be lost quickly. Anything that it takes a long time to come, that thing is stable and it will last. And it will withstand the drought. And so, like I was sharing uh, last night, you can get a miracle. You could have God just miraculously do something. But you know what? That is not really God's preferred way of dealing with things. His preferred way is to take the seed... Sow it in your life, give it time, and let it work. And I guarantee you, it'll produce whatever it is that you need. So preparation time is never wasted time. I encourage you to just take the Word of God and make it number one in your life. Put it first place in your life. And if you'll do that, the Word of God will exalt you. And you'll get 30, 60, or 100-fold. Amen? That's awesome. And I don't believe that it's some seeds only produce 30, 60, or 100. I believe that God's Word is capable of 100-fold in every person's life. But some people give it more uh, importance. They stand for it. They fight for it more than others. Amen? Boy, these are powerful truths. If you could get hold of these truths, whether you come to this school or not, if you could take the Word and begin to start putting it in your life and meditating on it like this, I guarantee you it's not wasted time. There's not a single person that would come to me and say, man, I wished I hadn't a devoted all last year to studying the Word. That'll never happen. You put the Word of God first place in your life, you may lose a trivial pursuit game, but you'll win in life. Amen. And you'll be better off because of it. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we love you and we thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for these truths. And I'm just praying for my brothers and sisters that, Father, you would help people to grab hold of this. We depend upon the Holy Spirit to make this real to them. That, Father, this would become a revelation from you, not from me, that the Holy Spirit would bear witness. That we would receive this truth, that we would embrace it, that we would put the Word of God in our heart and begin this process. And Father, we thank you in advance that these things that we've shared are going to transform people's lives. That Father, if you tarry decades from now, there will be awesome fruit, tremendous things happening because of these truths and the ministry of the Holy Spirit during this time. Father, we thank you for it. And we agree and praise you in advance for the great things that will be happening in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Praise God. Don't forget that we...